Shut up and sit down. Oh shit, back again. Back again. It's Monday, 11th of June. Pushing through episode 39. Coming at you today. And uh, feeling good, guys. Feeling good. Hope you had a good weekend. The sun was shining in London, which was fantastic. Uh, hope you had some good weather and a good time this weekend wherever you found yourself. Um, I was outdoors as much as possible. We were in the park. We were grilling, playing with the dogs, tending to the garden. Everything was good. Eating well. Drinking well. Listening to some good music and just enjoying good vibes. So I hope you guys had a good weekend. And I hope the week has started just right for you. Um, I hope you're motivated. I hope you're feeling full of energy and I hope you're ready to go and tackle a week as it deserves to be tackled like it's owned by you, right? We've got to start the week as we mean to go forward and come at it with a big dick and a bad attitude. Go get what's yours. It's a great time to start taking over. So let's go. Um, Tons to talk about. Tons to talk about. First and foremost, um, I just want to send my condolences out to the Bourdain family. Um, obviously, writer, chef, TV personality, uh, all-around savage human being, for all accounts, by the people that knew him best, um, was Anthony Bourdain. And he apparently took his own life in France uh, on Friday, um, and obviously that's really sad news. If you don't know Anthony Bourdain, he pioneered the TV traveling chef genre um, and did it better than anybody. <clears throat> he was raw. He was he was honest. Um, he was super grateful by the experiences of food and community and people and cultural differences can bring together. And. Uh, Hey, he was just a beast at what he did, and it's it's sad times. I mean, Anthony Bourdain used to have a severe uh, drug and alcohol problem, but came through that uh, to be, you know, more of a healthy individual, physically and mentally, and took up jujitsu later in life, um, and became obsessed with that, as you know, a lot of addicts tend to do. They they tend not to drop addiction as an affliction. They tend to shift their focus of what they are addicted to. I know, you know, I've experienced that myself um, by introducing exercise and healthy eating and healthy living and, you know, different elements of activity to my life that detracted away from, uh, you know, the time I would spend negatively influencing my mind and my body. <clears throat> and... You know, addictions can be a terrible thing. Addictions can be a powerful thing. Depends what kind of thing you are and find yourself addicted to. Um, there takes a certain certain level of addiction to achieve, you know, elite status of work or you know social rankings or whatever you know whatever you want to talk about. If you're going to make it to the pinnacle of a career or a field or an industry, you have to be in my opinion, addicted to it. You have to be obsessed with perfecting that craft. And 
to a maybe a lesser degree with the podcast. Um, I find myself taking that journey because when I pressed record on this thing, you know, some months ago now, I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know what I was going to talk about, didn't know how I was going to present the show, didn't know any of the elements that would make up, you know, what this podcast was. I mean, I didn't even know what the fucking title was going to be because, you know, if you remember back, anybody that has been listening since day one, and I'm grateful for you, you'll you'll understand that we even went through some iterations of what we were going to call this thing over the first few episodes. So I'm on that journey of trying to become you know, more of an expert in broadcasting and talking to the microphone and getting my thoughts and opinions out uh, in a really kind of succinct way. That is a journey that ultimately, if you're going to compete with the top level individuals, the top shows in the podcasting world, you have to become obsessed with it. You have to be so detail-oriented around it because this is not a fly-by-night industry and this is not an ad hoc Mickey Mouse industry anymore. This is a very significant industry that needs to be respected and entered into with the understanding that there is something here that needs to be upheld. And what I mean by that is long-form content, whether it's audio like we do strictly or whether it's audio and video or whether it's just a video podcast. Anything that uh, anything that allows long-form content, long-form discussions, long-form investigations, um, and a platform that promotes critical thinking and the exchange of ideas, not just within the echo chambers that we find on social media, but more diversely than that, the medium needs to be respected and given the respect by those that listen to it, but also those that engage in producing content for it. Um, And that pursuit to be at the top level of this thing has caused me even within the show's dynamics to make some changes. How I talk to the mic, the equalization that I do to the sound quality and the editing that, you know, occasionally takes place where there might be a long pause in between thoughts and I don't want to sit here with 20 seconds of dead air so I might cut some of that down to five seconds or you know whatever 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 but it's just the pursuant goal of being very good at this very good at this prolific with this and attractive to a whole bunch of ears um so one of the things that I've actually done is um is I've stopped smoking weed when I do the podcasts. And it wasn't like I was uh, smoking weed every time I'd press record because that's absolutely not the case. But there were times if I record this in the evening, um, you know, the work is done for the day and I'm sitting back and chilling and then, okay, let's jump on the mic. I might have a little toke there, um, you know, get a little puff in and... I just don't think when I'm trying to learn a craft that may that that's potentially the best way of going about it. So I'm actually going to put that to bed whilst I continue to record this show until I become proficient at this show, till I garner the audience that I think we should have on this show. I'm going to be very, very straight-laced in terms of how I come into the show. I'll have my coffee. Um, maybe some bullet points as we do, but that's going to be it. I think I owe it to the show, to the listeners, to 
to the medium and to create to the creative outlet that is podcasting um, to do it in the best way I can and to bring it bring the information and the thoughts that I have like I said before as succinctly as concisely as possible and I think sometimes I can go off on a track if I'm you know if I'm a, a little under the influence as it as it were um, so it's just about tightening up the process right it's just about taking the steps to become very proficient and very good and hopefully at one point elite at this thing at this broadcasting thing that allows us to communicate thoughts that aren't sound bites and to investigate and uncover topics of discussion that are worth talking about and you know some that aren't I'm just fucking around right but it's Monday and the point of all of this is how are you going to go forward how are you going to attack the week this week are you motivated did you get up this morning and exercise did you get up and have a healthy breakfast did you get up and think to yourself fuck it's Monday again I'm going to have to slog through this week. I'm going to have to do a fucking job I don't like. I'm going to have to hang out with people I don't want to hang out with. And I just have to do it because that's life. Is it? Because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And I see... And let's let's get this in perspective, right? I'm going to talk about social media a little bit here in terms of like the things I see from people on social media because it's like, well... I I can get jealous sometimes too, right? I see people posting like, oh, they're in Portugal or they're in Japan or they're in Barbados or they're, you know, in an all-inclusive, you know, having a great time, relaxing, getting sunshine on the beach and everything like that. And I I know for, for sure I need to take more time away. I need to take more uh, breaks to just reset gather my energy again, have that relaxation um, and that mindfulness uh, because I think, you know, you can oftentimes stretch yourself too far and burn yourself out. And I think you get the latter part of that, how you're going to address the weak part of what I was just saying. If you tend to be in that, in if, you, if you're in a group of, that doesn't take enough time for themselves, if it's just work, 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 you burn out. You can't run the motor, which is your heart, at 9,000 RPMs at all times, right? You're going to die. You're going to burn yourself out. It's going to blow up just like an engine would blow up if you over-revved it. So you need to set yourself up to be in the right headspace to tackle the week accordingly because that's going to allow you to get the work done that you need to get done effectively and efficiently and without being super depressed or demoralized by it, which will then set you up to have more positive thoughts about what you want to do to reward yourself for putting up with the shit job or to you know give yourself a bit of release. Oftentimes I find myself in that latter group of working too much, not having enough fun, not taking time out to reflect on the fact that this is life and life is not to be, life is not meant to be run on a hamster wheel for somebody else's, you know, uh, success or their goals or their determinism or whatever they want out of, 
you know, the current position they're in. Because if you're not the top of any organization, then you have a boss and you are under the directive of that boss. And the lower you go down the hierarchy of a corporate structure, the more bosses' opinions, thoughts, needs, wants, wills, goals, ambitions need to be adhered to by you. Because if you're on the bottom rung of that, the bottom step of that ladder, you're a soldier. And if you're a soldier, you are being told what to do, when to do it, and probably, in a lot of cases, micromanaged by somebody that doesn't know their head from their ass. Now, I'm quite lucky because in my nine to five, I'm actually quite isolated into a team that is uh, very good, very good and very democratic in terms of how they develop and filter through process, which is a beautiful thing, but a lot of people aren't like that. So you need to take stock of your life and make the weeks that you are under somebody else's directive as efficient as possible. So that you still have the energy at the end of the day or the end of the week to try to look at something that you love to do. Because this life should be about the individual. And yeah, we've got family to consider. And yes, we've got other people's feelings to consider and all of that. And if you're, you know, if you're married with kids, then there's a whole other thing there and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it is not selfish in a negative way to make time for yourself. To say, I'm going to go away for three hours today or this weekend. At some point, I'm going to go do something for myself. Or I'm taking a day trip or a weekend trip or something like that, and I'm going abroad or I'm you know, I'm going to take a holiday. I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple days out for myself. I'm going to fly somewhere and chill. Go see a city I haven't explored before, something like that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, even if you are in a family or in a relationship, to do that by yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. I would actually encourage it because until you're comfortable with your own space, your own time, your own thoughts, how can you be comfortable with anybody else's? Oftentimes we jump into relationships to save us and to fill a gap that we can't fill ourselves. And I think that's a really sad place to be. So we need to readjust our focus in terms of who we're looking after first. Because if it's not the person that you stare at in the mirror, then you're not really creating any benefit to anybody else. Because you're ultimately not giving them the best that you have to offer if you're not looking after yourself. So I just think being that it's Monday, being that we're starting up a brand new week, being that it's hot, it's beautiful, and the summertime is effectively here, let's look at what the fuck we're doing with ourselves. How are you getting ready for the week? What is your perception and your perspective on the week ahead? Is it, ugh, how am I going to get through it? Or is it, let's fucking go. This is my week. I'm going to have this and I'm going to do it my way on my terms. The choice really is up to you. And if you happen to find yourself on answering to the part of that question that you don't particularly like, it's on you to do something about it. It's on you to change your behavior. It's on you to be more accountable to yourself. And it's on you to set the trajectory of where you're going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Now that can be a change of 
a very small minor detail in your life, right? Like fruit and veg versus cakes and cookies. That's a very, very small change that will have significant impact down the road. You think of it as like two points starting on a starting line, but they're only facing one degree away from each other, right? One's pointed to the left one degree, and the other one is pointing right one degree, half a degree, doesn't even matter. When they start out, they're going to look almost like they're traveling parallel. But before you know it, there's going to be a V created, and they're going to be so far away from each other that they're unrecognizable to each other when you look across. That's how diet change works. That's how exercise change works. That's how um, media consumption works. That's how studying and learning a new craft works. That's how learning a new language works. That's how traveling and experiencing real things in real environments works versus reading them in a book or watching them on a, on a documentary. You gotta have tangible experiences, right? You gotta go out there and fucking do something. You gotta make the change. You have to motivate yourself to be that change. Because at the end of the day, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about you. When it comes to you versus them taking care of themselves, you don't even get a second look from 99.9% of people. And that 0.1% is probably family. But the average person you know, that you call a friend or a good friend or an acquaintance, they don't give a fuck about you in the long run. Because if it comes down to you or them, it's about them. As it should be. Because that's exactly how you should be thinking too. And I'm not saying this to be selfish or to seem self-absorbed or self you know, just only concerned with me, only me, 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 me. I'm not saying just be selfish for the sake of being selfish because that makes you a cunt if you don't consider anything around you and don't consider anybody's feelings or anything like that. But if you consider people's thoughts, feelings, and actions and let them impact your life without looking after yourself, you are doing yourself a disservice and that is irresponsible on a very, very personal level. And it goes into all facets. Like I said, exercise, diet, overall health and nutrition, well-being, all of that stuff. Who out there has taken 10 minutes to meditate, to sit in a quiet area somewhere in your house or in the gym or wherever it may be, sit down, breathe slowly, breathe deeply in and out and think of nothing for 10 minutes. If you haven't, try it. Take some time for yourself. Take some time for yourself. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. I don't even know how we got on this track. I was talking about Anthony Bourdain two minutes ago or five minutes ago. Um, but going back to that, uh, you know, it's, it's super sad, but, um, you know, it's funny how our views on things change as we get older, right? I used to be one of these guys that said, oh, if you commit suicide, you're a pussy, right? Like, 
What a dumb shit thing to say. You know, talk about the lack of understanding on the human brain, um, on the on the, uh, uh, the complexity of humans and their moods and behavior and circumstance and environment and how depression affects the mind and how anxiety affects the mind and what an ignorant... Anybody that says to you, if you commit suicide, you're a pussy or a coward is a fucking asshole. Doesn't know what they're talking about and shouldn't be listened to as a reliable source of fucking anything, okay? Because it's just not the case, all right? And they said maybe Anthony Bourdain was suffering from some severe depression and, you know, so on and so forth. I'm not going to get into it because it's only speculation from what I've seen. Um, and it's, you know, it's not worth my speculating on it. Um, all I'll say, the final point on it is, um, you know, I didn't know him, but there's been enough outpouring of uh, positive sentiments and kind of memorials for him that, you know, not everybody can have a, a biased opinion, right? Some of these guys have to be just fucking honest that he was a good guy. Um, so it seems like we lost one of the good ones. Uh, and that's and that's a terrible thing. So before the snuffer goes out on your candle, before the flame is extinguished, what the fuck are you going to do? No better time, right? I don't believe really in... Oh, New Year's resolutions. Got to start on January 1st. Do you? Or can you start right now? But since we're at the beginning of a new week, why not use it for something that perhaps people can understand or get behind? Like, you know, hashtag Monday motivation and shit like that. Um, I just say, get up and do something. Just think about something that you know you're not doing the best at and try to make an impact positively in that area. I'm not telling you that this needs to be <clears throat> a whole life re renovation. Start with the small bits. Start with the small bits and watch them gather momentum. Watch them gain speed and watch your lifestyle change because I guarantee if you fucking start something right now and stick to it, in a year, you are going to be completely different. Completely different. If you start exercising today and exercise three times a week for a year, you're going to look like a different person next year. If you make it a you make it a mission of yours to eat fruit and vegetables every day, vegetables with every single meal your body will look completely different in a year. I guarantee you, if you stick with it, make a declaration to yourself. It's Monday, get started. The sun's shining, get the fuck up and make yourself better. Because if there's anybody out there that doesn't have a point of improvement in their life, well, I know I just met a fucking liar. Everybody's got something they can do better. I can. I'm working every day to try to make this podcast better. I'm trying to work every day to make my physical well-being more optimized, my mental well-being more optimized. Tons of areas improvement. A friend of mine said, at any point in time, you're at the zenith of your potential. And I know he was trying to be philosophical and, and get a point across, but I don't buy it. I think every single one of us, if we have better time management, can do better with our time, right? That's kind of the way it works. 
And nobody that I know is a master of time management. No one. Everybody procrastinates. Everybody puts shit off. Everybody finds a way of being distracted. Self-imposed distractions to take away from actually doing the task at hand. Everybody does it. So hold yourself accountable. Why not start now? It's the beginning of a week, of a new week, and the sun is shining. We're in the summer. What better time than now? So we've got tons of shit to talk about. But I mentioned that I've been gardening, right? I've talked about this on a couple of shows. But this goes towards the wellness and the, and the mindfulness aspect of improving one's life. I never thought, I never thought that I would enjoy sitting outside in my garden for hours at a time. Guys, relax. Hey, relax. Relax. Samson, go back to sleep. You too. <laughs> go back to sleep. You're not tough. You guys are the size of a fucking Coke can. You couldn't do anything. That was a staffy that went by. Sorry. Where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, gardening. So I never thought in my wildest imagination that I would enjoy digging up dirt, putting a plant in it, putting dirt over top of it and watching it grow. <laughs> but I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. So I spent a shit ton of cash on getting my uh, backyard renovated, ripped out and replaced, completely started from scratch. New fence, new turf, raised vegetable gardens, concrete slab for a barbecue area, etc., etc. Well, since then, we've been planting plants. I've got about 35 different varieties of um, of plants now in the garden that are growing successfully and every single thing that I'm growing can be eaten and I love it it's amazing um, and I just wanted to I just wanted to highlight how therapeutic it is for me because there's just something peaceful I constantly feel the thing about it is right I constantly feel like we're in a hurry. We live such a time poor lifestyle and we're always rushing. How long do I have until I have to be there? I've got an hour. Okay. That means I got to leave in, you know, it's, it's an hour to the appointment, which means I got to leave in two hours because it takes me an hour minimum to get there or about 45 minutes, but I got to take into a fact into account that the trains might be fucked up or something, you know, might occur and I just, I got to give myself the extra time. So I got to get going now. I got to rush. What time do you got to be at work? Got to be at work at 8.30, start at 9. Oh, okay, cool. So I got to leave the house at 7 because I got to catch the train, da 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 right? Oh, I got to go run to the shop and get groceries. Oh, but, you know, the Amazon guy is going to be here in uh, in two hours time and I got to be here because, you know, nobody else can collect the package, so on and so forth, right? We're always in a rush for shit. Always in a rush. And the gardening has really has really uncovered a way for me to slow down my heart to slow down the pace of of my life i can i can be out there for 2 hours just pottering around 
picking some weeds out. And I'm, I know this sounds complete, completely wank to, to, to a lot of people listening. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Daryl? Fucking, you talking about growing vegetables? Yeah, I am. I am. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I go out there with my tools and my soil and my, my little seedlings or whatever the fuck I've got. And I'll just go out there. And I'll take my time. And there's something really, really relaxing about it. And there may be some of you out there that are that are, that are saying, yeah, no shit, Daryl. Fucking gardening. Of course, it's relaxing. Of course, it's therapeutic. But, well, I've grown plants before, right? Like, last three, four years, we've been growing plants in the backyard. But they've been in pots, and they needed moving, and they're a bit shitty, and, like... You know, it wasn't proper gardening. And now I've got a proper setup. And I'm really kind of falling in love with it. So if any of you are looking for a, a way of passing some time or relaxing or, you know, getting into some mindfulness and some more meditative stuff, for me, gardening is right up there in terms of like one of the most relaxing things that I've done in, in some time. So give it a shot. If you, if you have the space, if you have the time, if you have the inclination, who knows, you might, uh, you might love it. And you need these getaways. You need these points of, points of calmness that you can refer to, to say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take some time and just do that. I have a few of those. I have a couple of those. You know, exercise to me is one of those. When I go to the gym and I fucking smash it a workout, that's super therapeutic to me. I don't like to talk to people in the gym. I don't like to have long conversations with people in the gym. I fucking barely make eye contact with people in the gym because I'm there for me. It's not about anybody else. I'm not competing with anybody else. I don't give a fuck how big the next guy is or how, you know, how fast that guy can run on a treadmill or how much that guy can bench press or how much she can squat or well I don't fucking care I'm not looking I'm not paying attention and the only way we might glance and meet eyes is if you're in my line of sight when I'm taking some water in between my sets but that's therapy for me that's non-negotiable therapeutic time for me when I go to the gym and I go to the gym at 4 30 or 4 45 in the morning that's how I like to start my day. And I heard someone say the other day, you show me someone who has uh, a first class morning routine and I'll show you an elite performer. Now, I don't know if, you know, correlation and causation are, are, are exactly tied into one another in every account there because I'm sure there's some fucking idiots that wake up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning just because they're insomniacs and then wake up and smoke two packs of cigarettes in a day and don't do anything. So it's not just get up and do the same thing every day. It has to be a positive thing. It has to be something that works for you. It has to be something that adds benefit and value to your life. And for me, exercise is 100% in that category of positive therapy because not only have I lost 20 kilos over the past couple of years, but I've done it in a really sensible, sustainable way that is changing the physiology of my body and not just a crash diet over 12 weeks and, you know, 
doing one of these, I'm going to get on stage type of weight cuts and just making yourself look gaunt and dehydrated. What I wanted to do was actually change the physique of my body so that all of the physiological things that were wrong are going away. And for the most part, they are, you know, and now, you know, start to work on like looking better aesthetically and maintaining that. But for me, it's all part of a lifestyle process that goes towards mindfulness and a healthy mental state of mind. So my exercise now, which is four to five days a week, it's Monday to Thursday and then generally on a Saturday as well. That's non-negotiable and it might be an hour, it might be two hours, depending on what my other schedule looks like. I'll spend between an hour and two hours doing that four times, five times a week. That's therapy, guys. That's therapy. I know what I'm putting in during that hour or two hours is an investment in myself, physically and mentally. Without that, I'd still be a fat prick that experienced things going on with his body that no... 33, 34 year old should ever have to deal with. But a couple of years later, and all those things are gone. And I'm actually in better shape now than I was when I was 20. And I just, you know, it's therapy. It's therapy and an investment in yourself for the future. And the gardening is actually no different. It's just a different type of therapy, right? It's more mental more cerebral, more meditative. Whereas the working out is more of a physical exertion form of kind of meditation, but they're both therapeutic. And I would encourage you guys to get into it. Encourage you guys just to add something to your life. But oftentimes it's about taking something away and not necessarily about adding it like taking away toxic relationships, taking away negative people, taking away people who are on a completely different wavelength to you. Um, you know, people who are on a different track. Like I said, that track might be only pointing away from you by half a degree. But if you extrapolate out, you're two completely different things. And I think inevitably the chasm will show and the gaps will be left and the void will be something that cannot be filled in because you haven't been honest with yourself. So for me, I just wanted to bring up gardening and maybe went off on a tangent on something else. Um, but I just wanted to share it with you because a lot of this stuff that we talk about here is, you know, political or current event based or, you know, we're bitching about policy and government and things like that. But there's also an element of how we look after ourselves. Because like I said, if we're not in a a position where we can look after ourselves physically and mentally, how are we supposed to attack any other issue? How are we supposed to be effective in any other facet of our life if we can't take care of the basics? It doesn't seem to add up to me and make sense. So from time to time, I like to give you guys things that are, that are working for me. And you can take them or leave them. You can say, fuck off with this wanky gardening bullshit. Who the fuck is going to sit around and plant tomatoes all day? Well, I do. And I've watched my tomatoes go from a fucking seed 
to a four-foot-high plant that's starting to get fruit on it. That means something to me. That's nice and therapeutic to me. So if you don't like it, throw it away. Delete this part of the podcast. Fast forward it. I don't give a fuck. But I'm taking actionable steps to make myself better, to acquire new skills, and in the process, make myself look, feel, and think in a more effective, optimized way. And I only want the same for everybody that can hear my voice right now. So be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, how do I go forward and optimize my life? How, what do I need to change in order to look in the mirror and be less annoyed or less dissatisfied? Because if I'm telling you right now, if you look in the mirror and you're all happy and everything's all good, you're a fucking liar. I'm telling you right now, nobody has their shit together. Nobody. There's a reason that the self-improvement industry, the psychiatric industry, the psychology industry, the fitness industry, the nutritional industry, the food preparation industry, all of these things, right? Like veganism has grown by 900% year on year in America, right? Because people are looking for a way to make themselves better. Self-improvement is almost recession-proof as an, as an industry. And that's because ultimately there's nothing that you, there's no one out there that can't find something that they could be doing better at. So there are people there that can pretend to help them get better at that. But be fair, be very, very careful and be aware of false prophets and idols People who promise you the world, if it seems too good to be true, chances are most times it is. And I'll give you a real life example. And I'm going to call somebody out. And if they hear this, they're not going to be happy about it, but I don't give a fuck. So let me, let me break it down from the jump. Yeah. So four years ago, I walked into a gym after moving house, after we bought the house that we currently live in. And it was a, you know, sand and sawdust type of gym, like a clanging and banging type of gym, right? And so I signed up for this gym and it was all about community and it was all about, you know, progression and all about, you know, kind of some of the stuff that I just was mentioning, like optimizing your life, being the best version of yourself you can be um, and doing that through physical activity. So I joined this gym and I was paying what I thought was an extortionate amount of money for my membership, all right? It was like 80 quid a month. And whatever, the environment was good. I enjoyed it. It was helping me change and kind of get on the right track in terms of exercise and fitness and actually promoted me to go and get my qualification as a personal trainer, which I then did, which then uh, led me to... Uh, work at the gym in a personal training capacity, both with individual clients and with uh, group fitness as well. And that was all good. And that happened, that went on for a couple of years. Um, But then in my area, some other gyms started popping up, chain gyms, anytime fitness, pure gyms, things like this. And the memberships were half the price. Now, I don't mind paying a little bit more if you're going to get a little bit more. 
And what started to really rub me the wrong way was I would I would make comments to the owner about simple improvements to the facility that, you know, anybody paying the sort of membership fees that I and the other members were paying shouldn't have to come to the owner about. They should be done automatically. And I'll give you an example of that. I used to go to the gym before I went to work. So like I just said to you guys, I would be in the gym at sort of 4.30, you know, quarter five, do my workout, get changed, go to work straight from there. But this became a problem because every time I would take a shower, as soon as I pressed the button for the water to come on, it was one of those like press the button, then it releases slowly for 15, 20 seconds, and that's your stream, then you have to push it back in to get more water. Well, I would push this thing in once and half of the shower basin would fill up. <clears throat> and it wouldn't drain. So I addressed it. A couple months go by, nothing's done. Now, I can't even get through one of those pushes and it's full. So I mentioned it again. I can't shower here and I'm paying these amounts of fees, but nothing seems to be done about it. Okay, we'll look into it. Yeah, thanks for letting us know, blah, 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 blah. Another month goes by. And now if I press that thing once, it overflows. And it caused me not only to get clothes that I had to go to the office with wet, my shoes and my socks, which just happened to be on the floor one day, but it also ruined a pair of headphones. They were in my bag and my bag got soaked. So the water seeped up into my bag and then fucked up my headphones. So I left. I said, I can't do this anymore. I left. And I went to an Anytime Fitness where I pay a lot less and the facilities are brand new and everything is in tip top working order. And I think to myself, how can somebody look you in the face and tell you they've got your best interests in mind when they can't even look after the basic amenities? Bad, bad business practice, right? But what makes it worse than that is what I found out he was doing to other people. And what I mean by that is charging them wildly different sums of money for their memberships. Like I knew a couple that used to attend my uh, one of my group sessions. They told me they were being charged 300 pounds a month for their membership. 150 pounds a month each and they were barely using it barely using it i know other people that were paying 120 pounds a month at which point some of them started making complaints or threatening to leave because it was too expensive so the guy would just say well let's drop it down to this amount per month 60 a month or 70 a month or whatever then i found out there was a whole bunch of members paying less than i was now i'd already left at this point but I'm loyal to people to a fault. Like I'll give you the shirt off my back. If we're close, if we're if you know if we're tight, if we're friends, I'll give you the shirt off my fucking back until I won't. And once I won't, you are dead to me. I won't piss on you if you're a blazing inferno in the middle of the street. Because something has caused that disconnect to happen and I'm gone after that because I don't need 
fringe personalities or fringe types of characters in my life at all. So when I've got actual evidence that you've been ripping people off, fuck you. <coughs> You're dead to me. <coughs> not only that, but if you practice a business that actually affects not only an industry that I'm in, but an industry that people come to as a form of therapy, well, that's effectively malpractice to me. And you shouldn't be allowed to operate in that space because you are a fucking liar and a ripoff artist at the end of the day. So I left the gym and I'm not correlating my leaving the gym with the closing down of the gym because it happened in such quick succession and there must have been an exodus of members happening well before I decided to hand in my membership. But shortly after, the gym closed down to only reopen under another name, rebranded as a CrossFit group style training gym, okay? No more going in and training for just yourself, like as a member going in there to work out. No more of that. You come in here and you take one of the many group classes that we offer, or you pay one of our personal trainers an extortionate fee to train you. But no more coming in and just training yourself. Okay, so everybody left, except the poor people that didn't know any better. For the poor people that didn't know any better, a lot of who were on very, very tight incomes, by the way, because I know, because they told me, he decided he was gonna charge them more raise the fees 200 pounds a month now for only one option of coming in to do group training classes which he claimed were the best training classes that you could get anywhere that were a complete carbon copy of the ones i used to run nothing changed well surprise surprise karma actually is a motherfucker and i got noticed yesterday by a number of different members that were still there paying these ridiculous fees that he'd just been taking their cash, doing no improvements, doing no investment, and saving nothing, and has had to shut the thing down. Now, I told you I was going to put this motherfucker on blast, and I'm not lying. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a letter. I'm going to leave out the name of the gym because I don't need to blow them up that much. But I just want everybody to be aware of the fitness industry as a whole because it's a fucking racket. There are very, very, very few people that I've ever met in this industry that have any real integrity. They all have the appearance of integrity. They all act like they give a fuck about you as a client but at the end of the day, they don't. At the end of the day, the majority of the ones I've met are in it for themselves, self-promotion, looking for sponsorships because this industry is so saturated, barely anybody makes any money off of it. So you have to become a whore for media and attention. You have to be the best or claim to be the best and put it out there that you're the best. But they are doing that for their own benefit. And I'll, I'll tell you why. 
If you're a really, really great trainer and you have only your clients' results in mind, you should not, as a personal trainer, have a client for more than a couple of years at the very, very most. Because if you do, and this guy that I'm talking about does, if you do have clients for an extended period of time and they look exactly the same as they did when you started, you're not doing your fucking job. Like this guy had a client from the day I started to the day I left who looked worse on the last day than she did when I got there. And I'm not lying. I'm not embellishing. I'm not over-exaggerating or overstating how bad this guy was in terms of his training, his protocols. You know, he could name you he could name you this theory and that theory and, and everything like that. But he had one style of training, and if he didn't adhere to that or anything outside of that, nah, wasn't really interested in it. He was interested in being Tony Robbins by regurgitating and just basically uh, repeating the kind of soundbite motivational tips that a guy like Tony Robbins would come out with. He's a fake and a phony, and he's a fucking ripoff artist. And after charging these people 200 quid a month for these stupid fucking training classes, and you can you can see them online, they're junk. This is what he said to all of the members that were still there. I received, I think he had maybe fucking 20 members. I received five of these yesterday. And what, he, and what the letter was, was that he couldn't keep going because there are too many bills. It is, this is quoting now. It is with the most possible regret that I have to announce the end of gym name. I cannot begin to tell you how difficult this is for me to tell you. Cannot begin to tell you how difficult this is for me to tell you, but as unfortunate, as disappointing as it is, it is necessary. Like, how bad is this? Name of the gym is simply not sustainable. I have given it a thousand percent of my time and effort and done absolutely everything in my control and power to promote, market, and grow it as quickly as possible. But the sad truth is we simply cannot afford to continue. We are not even making enough to cover basic staff costs of running the sessions, let alone covering all business overheads, expenses, outgoings, and bills. Right? For sure, those can pretty much all be combined. We are quickly falling behind, and despite my best efforts to keep us afloat and get us to where we need to be, if we continue for even another week, we will, as a business, fall further and further behind and into debt. I truly believe in name of the gym and its potential and so many of you have experienced and expressed amazing results and progress so quickly in just a matter of months with us and it is absolutely gutting to have to pull the plug on this as i believe it is such it it believe it to be such high value 200 pounds a month good value right but it simply comes down to business finances and economics the regular sessions will be stopping effectively immediate, stopping effectively immediate. I think he, 
I think he meant effective immediately. Again, get a sense of this guy. We simply have no choice and no way of continuing beyond this point. The only reconciliation and compromise is that I personally will continue to run a 6.15 a.m. session Monday to Friday for the remainder of June. So two, three weeks. I am fully aware, now this is the this is the bit. I'm fully aware that you may have paid for a full month off for the full month of, not off, June already for an entire month of daily and weekly sessions. And I will be looking at everyone's account personally this week, A, to close the membership down and B, see what is in credit and went and and will then contact everyone individually this week. Here we go. The raw truth of the matter is, there simply are no funds available to offer any form of refunds for memberships paid. And so I will be working diligently in the meantime to provide and offer value at the 6.15 a.m. sessions Monday to Friday and in whatever other forms I can will be considered. Please accept my sincere and genuine apologies and I know, and know that my commitment to you, your training experience, the value of name Jim and your results was and continues to be 100% my priority. I will be sending out a personal email to each of you in the coming days to finalize the details and confirm 100% the specifics of the closure. I also plan I also plan of offering an alternative substitute service exclusive to gym members that will allow you to continue with the momentum you have gained beyond this month and will send out more information regarding this later this coming week. Regrettably yours, that guy. So this guy said to me face to face three months ago, I'm shutting down the personal, uh, the the normal gym memberships because I can't afford to have them using the space, which made no sense to me. So he went down this route, and I said, "Hey, how long are you gonna give it before you close the doors down completely?" He said three months. So he knew that this month was gonna be his last month. Yet he has not taken the precautions or the measures to make sure that refunds would be available and funds would actually be available to give back to the members should the inevitable, which he already effectively planned for three months ago, happened. There is no way you can rebrand, launch a gym, and have it sustainably running itself, <coughs> financially viable, profitable in three months. It does not work. Unless you're an absolute moron, which I'm leaning towards more of the opinion on this guy now, unless you're a complete fucking moron, you, you would never think that you could make a new venture work in three months and have it viable. And the truth of the matter is, he has not done that much marketing because I've been watching for it. Because I knew this guy was a scumbag, I knew he was ripping people off, and I knew he was continuing to rip people off. So effectively, all his all, all he has done is taken about 20 people's 200 pounds over the course of three months and said, sorry, I ain't got your money now. He spent nothing on new equipment. A lick of paint on the walls, maybe, 
and some new posters. That's it. Maybe he brought in some new weights, but I doubt it. So if I was these members, man, I'd be furious. And this is a local problem. This is a hyper-local problem. But wider, this is a problem with the fitness industry. Because there's so many people out there claiming to be the best of this and the best of that. And all wise in this and all wise in that. Change your life, fix you up and all of that. You can do it yourself. You don't need to pay these cocksuckers anything like the amount of money that they try to pretend that they're worth. <clears throat> Some of these pricks are charging 70, 80, 90, 100 plus quid an hour. For people who don't know how to do push-ups, sit-ups, and squats. Because that's all you fucking need to know. If you came to me, and I've got some clients, and I tell them this all the time. You need to be doing this stuff on your own as well. I'm not in it to have a client for five years. Unless they just want to like continue to be generally healthy or whatever, fine. But we're going to get you to a place first. And then we'll maintain it. But you are not going to look in two years how you look today if you work with me. Because if you do, I'm not doing my job. And all I'm doing is taking your cash. And that's that's a form of theft. And yeah, if you're dumb enough to pay for it, okay, okay, okay. But people are manipulated by businesses and industries every single day. And the fitness industry is no different. No different. So if there are anybody, uh, if there is anybody, I should say, that's out there in my audience that's hyper-local to the Greenwich and Southeast London or London area in general, beware. Beware. Because all you need to do is find the thing that is the best value for money. And the best value for money is not a high price point. Because all it is, is about lifting things and moving regularly and doing it at such a pace that you're not normally used to doing it. That's it. Fucking exercise, man. It's not, there is a science behind it, but there doesn't need to be a science applied to it necessarily for every single person that's endeavoring to make themselves feel or look better. So I had to call this guy out because too many people I know have been ripped off by him. And that email that I just read to you there shows that there, despite the words being put down on an email, there's no remorse there. How quickly was that thing read? There were so many spelling, grammar mistakes, punctuation mistakes. Like he just, see you later. Because what I could do, I think I might've just literally thrown it out this morning. <coughs> What I could do is I could overlay that email with the letter that was sent out when he actually cut the, the services the first time because they're effectively word for word the same. This guy's just a fucking scumbag. Doesn't want to claim bankruptcy. He's going to have to now. So anybody that, that is listening, that is looking for a gym or thinking about getting a personal trainer, be careful. Don't get ripped off is all I'll say. Um, I'll tell you what, I did not think that I was going to go into that uh, sort of a rant on fitness. <laughs> um, 
God, fuck. I mean, right. <laughs> so uh, that was a bit of a bit of a tangent, but uh, again, it's accountability, guys. It's about accountability, and often the conversation is around accountability on a more kind of global scale, right? When we talk about politics or, you know, social injustices and things like that, but also on a more, like I said, hyper-local scale, man. These are the people that I know that are in my community that are coming to me and saying, this is what's happened. You were right. When you called it three months ago, we should have listened. We should have just fucking came with you and went over to the other gym and, you know, left this guy to his own devices. But we live and we learn, right? So I just feel bad for those people because they got fucked over. And I knew they were getting fucked over and they couldn't see it because they thought this place was a community that cared about them. You know, you're a fucking number and you're a membership fee. That is it. Look more closely. Why are the people involved in this industry? Money will come if you care and put your best effort forward, not if you force it. And this guy was just forcing the cash issue of membership fees and you know, mismanaging money. So sad times, but it is what it is. And, uh, and, and that guy can fucking, you know, disappear. The sooner, the better, in my opinion. What else is going on? Oh, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about Billy Caldwell on this show before. Billy Caldwell is the uh, is a little gentleman from Northern Ireland whose mother Charlotte was making appeals for having their prescription reinstated for medical cannabis for his aggressive epilepsy. And if you remember the the Home Office and the Department of Health in Northern Ireland basically said to the doctor that was filling the prescription for the medical cannabis, they told him not to do it anymore. They, they restricted him from doing it. So Billy was running out of medicine. And the specifics around Billy are that his, aggression, his aggressive epilepsy is so much so that he can experience 100 seizures a day if he has a fit. And CBD... CBD oil helps alleviate that to a degree of like 99%. So, happy travels, guys, because they're currently in the air flying to Toronto in Canada to, I presume, get, get treatment. And I'll have more details about it as I find out, but, um, but happy trails for them, man. I hope the little kid gets the medicine that he deserves. And again, it just really highlights the hypocrisy of what's going on in the UK government around uh, the legalization of marijuana for medical and or uh, recreational usage. And it's just a goddamn shame because we're sitting here just in the stone age in terms of understanding the benefits and applications of consuming cannabis medically in its various ways or just recreationally. So good luck on your trip to uh, to Toronto. 
the weather should be lovely for you and you're gonna you're gonna get the best product in the world pretty much so enjoy that guys and uh, and hopefully we can make this an action point in another step towards bringing the government into 2018 and seeing this issue and legislating this issue responsibly because right now they're not and they're as we've said before denying people basic quality of life through treatment of a from a plant or derivatives of a plant i mean what are we fucking talking about here but anyways best wishes to those guys um I saw that they were surrounded by a number of supporting families that saw them off uh, on their on their flight, <coughs> and uh, yeah, just good luck all around. Um, we need a bit of good luck. We need a bit of good luck. We need a bit of good luck on that. We need a bit of good luck on the wider scale of of what's going on because it's the beginning of the week, right? But. Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un, well, they're already in Singapore. So they're starting their week off with a bang of what's going to represent a very historical summit between the Western world and North Korea. First time a sitting president has met with a leader of North Korea and had any kind of discussions like, I guess, they're planning on having. However, statements like, I will know he's serious within one second of seeing him, really cast some doubt on the effectiveness of what could potentially come of this meeting. And this meeting, for reference, is about denuclearization of the North Korea uh, armament, stockpile, whatever they have. Beware the Libya model, which is what, uh, what was his name? Rob Bolton. What he rolled out. He said, this is going to be the Libya, Libya deal. And Trump walked that back. But as a consequence of that, as a consequence of that, the summit was initially canceled. And now obviously it's back on. And we'll see what happens when they meet tomorrow. But I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm very wary. You know, one, I don't trust Donald Trump as far as I can throw him. He's proven time and time again to be a fucking liar. So his word holds no weight and no gravity in terms of him sticking to it or intending to follow through on statements and promises and things, you know, that he says, even though he's sticking to his campaign promises by making all of these foolish decisions about, you know, removing them, the states from the TPP or the climate, the Paris Agreement or the Iran deal or, you know, now he's going after NAFTA and he's imposing ally, uh, these steel tariffs and automotive tariffs on all of his allies. 
He's rem basically removing himself from the G7. He's called for Russia to be brought, brought back into the G7. And his main topic and point of focus right now is meeting the dictator of North Korea, who has barely any capacity to defend themselves. Yet he sees this as a major priority in terms of global instability. And I just think, or is it the fact that you admire strong men? You would, you admire strong men tactics and dictator type tactics of running a government, a country, because that's how you've been able to, that's how he's been able to run his businesses. But he doesn't have that sort of autonomy as president. And even without that, he's managed to do a whole bunch of fucked up things regardless. But I think it's more about him admiring the power structure of a dictator because he's familiar with that in his corporate world rather than getting along multilaterally. He doesn't like diplomacy. He doesn't like he doesn't like working with others, right? If, if on his profile it should say does not work well with others. Because it becomes too complex. He wants it between me and you and I'll fuck you whenever I feel like it. Because that's how he's made a living. All you have to do is go back and look. There's plenty of documentaries online. There's plenty of um, feedback from colleagues in the real estate and commercial development field letting you know about how this guy runs his businesses, how he operates as a person. So I think it's just that he admires the strongman, admires the dictator way of doing business rather than being part of a global community. But his isolationism is going to fuck him. And it's actually like what the benefits of what he's telling North Korea about bringing them into the global community and bring them into global trade and all of that stuff. He's actually taking measures to actively take himself out of those things that he's promoting to this guy as a benefit. He's not a, he doesn't want to be a globalist. He doesn't want to be involved in every single market multilaterally. He doesn't want to have multilateral trade deals or anything like that. Multilateral environment deals or anything like that. Yet these are the things that he's promoting to Kim Jong-un about what he's going to do for him. And maybe to an extent he will. I don't know. We'll have to see what comes out of tomorrow's discussion. But I think it's really funny in, in its contradiction that those are the things he's promoting to this guy, but those are the things he's actively trying to remove America from. And we're going to see the consequences because when Bush tried to do this steel tariff bullshit in, I think, 2002, more people in the steel industry lost their jobs. Um, it, I mean, it, it collapsed it. It collapsed it. So what does he think is going to happen this time around? Like, what does Trump think is going to happen this time around? 
We live in a global world. We live in a global trade world. We live in a world of multilateral deals, relationships. That's global trade. So I really don't understand what the end game is here. I know what he thinks the end game is here, but it just, it's not going to work out. And now he's just, and you know, then he just reverts to calling people names, like fucking calling the Canadian prime minister, like meek and mild, like just because he's not a fucking Neanderthal, like I don't like the guy either, but just because he's not a Neanderthal doesn't make him a, you know, an incompetent pussy. You know, maybe he is an incompetent pussy. I mean, you know, I don't fucking know the guy, but that's not bureaucracy. That's not diplomacy. That's not how you deal with one of your closest allies. So I just don't get what the long game is. And there's a really good picture that was published from uh, from the G7 summit the other day where there, Angela Merkel's basically... Uh, on the desk with both of her fists, uh, like Frank from House of Cards, and everybody's kind of glaring and glaring at Trump, and he's sitting there with his fucking arms crossed, looking up, kind of half looking at somebody, half kind of not looking at somebody, with just a dumb fucking look on his face. And I just think, how frustrating must it have to be to deal with this guy just because he's got a big military? Like, talk about penis extension, right? This guy's a, he's just swinging his military dick around every which way. That's all he can do. The might of their army is the only thing that keeps them even with a heartbeat. That's it. So I don't know what the long game is here for, uh, for Donald, but, um, he just seems to be fucking things up and then throws distraction pieces in there like, oh, the president might uh, give a give a pardon to Muhammad Ali. It's like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Are you trying to placate like the black community or just make a headline that's going to detract from how much you're fucking other things up? Because Ali did more for society than Trump could ever fucking do. You know, Muhammad Ali is, I bet you the majority of people that saw the news that they were thinking about giving him a, uh, giving Ali a pardon were probably like, for what? It's Muhammad Ali. He doesn't need your fucking posthumous, uh, posthumous, 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 uh, pardon. He wasn't like... I mean, he's a fucking hero the world over. <coughs> he doesn't need a Trump pardon for any legacy or anything like that. So it's just like, that's just a distraction piece that he throws out there. I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been caught lying now multiple times in the past week to the point where, you know, she's just flat out not answering questions anymore. Not that she was doing a great job of it in the first place, but since the kind of the pressure and the all out kind of spotlight has been shone on how blatant they've been lying and that she's been lying, they're just not talking about it now. Nope, not talking about it. Sorry. 
it's just, it's chaos. It is absolute chaos. And meanwhile, we're sitting over here waiting for Brexit to happen. Can you imagine? If we have to rely on a major trade ally in America doing what they're doing now, wait till they have us isolated. You got the EU smacking us around the face with their dicks on one side and he's over there trying to piss all over us on the other side. It's like, fuck is going to happen to the UK? Scotland want to fuck off? Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But let's be cautiously optimistic because you never know. Threats against a dictator are sometimes the only form of communication that works. But I hope Kim Jong-un doesn't take his pants down and let Donald Trump fuck him straight in the ass raw. Because if he does, the likelihood of it becoming another Libya is quite likely because that is, despite what they're saying, that is the blueprint they are going to use. And if you don't remember how uh, Muammar Gaddafi died, go ahead and YouTube it. I think Kim Jong-un's people probably had that video queued up for him last night. Saying, just be aware. Just remember what happened when you give up everything and they don't. You've got no line of defense. So, let's be cautiously optimistic. Let's see what happens. And we'll comment after. We'll comment after. But right now I'm gonna pack it in. I'm gonna sign off because I wanna get my headphones on and I wanna play some music. I wanna go for a walk, enjoy the sunshine. I'm gonna play that walking music, you know? You ever do that? Like cue up some music so like you're like walking through a scene in a movie? I'm going to do some shit like that because it's lunch and it's a beautiful day and it's the start of another beautiful week and I hope you guys take full advantage of it wherever you are. So from everyone at the Quiet Part Loud podcast, that includes me, the puppy Samson, the puppy Okina, the cats Dexter and Jeffrey, from everybody at the Quiet Part Loud, uh, have a great Monday, have a great week. I don't know when we'll be back. I might do another episode this week. We'll see how it goes. Um, fuck, we didn't even talk about the UFC. We didn't, we didn't even talk about Robert Whitaker. Um, nah, we'll do it next time. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, we'll do that next time. I just want to talk about CM Punk. That experiment is now over. That experiment is fucking dead. It failed. It did not work. It was an embarrassment to the sport. Um, he needs to go away now and do something else. Learn how to fucking snowboard or, or do something else. Fighting is not something that you play at. And he was playing at it. And got beat up bad 
by a guy whose main occupation is photographer. Mike Jackson is a MMA photographer. And yes, he's had some fights and so on and so forth, but he's shit too. And he fucked CM Punk up and it just proves how bad CM Punk is and why, unless you have some real, real <clears throat> athletic pedigree, you shouldn't even try to come into MMA. The juice is not worth the squeeze unless you have some elite athletic training. CM Punk should never have been allowed to fight. He was an embarrassment to the sport. I'm glad he got beat up significantly in both of his fights, although I'm not happy he took that punishment. It was good to show the absurdity of a normal person jumping the line, coming onto the big show with no skill set whatsoever. So I'm glad the experiment turned out the way it should have, that we all got our thoughts confirmed. Um, that's enough of that. As for the other highlights on the card, Colby Covington uh, is now the interim welterweight champ, and I don't think there could be a worse representative of MMA. He's a joke. Um, he's obnoxious. He's unoriginal. And... He looks like an absolute cunt whenever he opens his mouth because you know it's going to be something that is not off the cuff. If it is off the cuff, it comes out like a stuttering mess. But to finish on a positive, congratulations to Robert Whitaker retaining the title. Um, it was a tough old fight and he broke his hand, I think, in the third round or something like that. Uh and still gutted it out and did work against Yoel Romero, who is an absolute savage. I don't know what's going to happen with Yoel Romero. I think he's going to have to move up and wait uh, because he missed this cut. Uh, so we'll see. But Robert Whitaker's the man. It's just a shame that he always gets injured after these fights. Um, but I want Darren Till and Colby Covington as soon as possible so we can get the belt off of Colby Covington and shut his fucking mouth because the shit that he's got to say is not worth hearing. But it was an overall great card. Um, there were some really, really good performances. Curtis Blades smoked Overeem, um, which really ascends the up-and-coming new guys in the heavyweight division, which is great because we need a real turnaround in terms of uh, the talent that's in the upper ranks of the heavyweight division. It's an old man's division at the moment, and we need we need a clear out. And that's what we're seeing with you know some of these um, some of these fights recently. Is there's an ascension of the younger breed of the next generation to come, uh, beating some of the kind of the classics and and some of the you know, some of the, you know, perennials of the division, of the upper uh, ranks of the division. So it's, it's really good to see, and it was a really good card. Um, but Robert Whitaker just capped the night off. It was a hell of a show um, and a hell of a fight. So now I don't need to save that until the next, uh, until the next episode. And it only took me five minutes. So uh, good times. Right. Time to go. Thanks for listening, guys. 
Uh, it's a pleasure as always. I appreciate you guys' support. Get us on iTunes. Get us on SoundCloud. And for the first time announcing it, get us on TuneIn as well. So if you subscribe to TuneIn, uh, I just found out randomly by doing a search myself uh, that we're listed on TuneIn. Uh, an update on the Spotify thing. I heard back from Spotify. They said they are not currently accepting any new podcast submissions at the moment. Uh, but it's something that I'm going to have to stay on and cha- uh, kind of chase up and just continue to follow up as they make, you know, make it open for new submissions, which I think is kind of funny because it was like, I-, I just, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if I was the New York Times, would they, would they accept my submission then? So maybe it's just the little guys that they're not letting, but I don't know. I just, that's what they told me. I can't submit uh, the podcast now. Uh, but it is, again, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, <clears throat> pardon me, and then you can get us on Facebook and Twitter for updates, uh, links to the shows, and when we have it, any news about guests and future things that we're going to be doing with the show. So, thanks for listening. This is, I want to get it right so I don't fuck it up again. Um, bear with me for just a second. That's a terrible terrible thing to do. I should have done it before and I didn't. I apologize. This is episode 39 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. Thanks for listening. And until next time, guys, all the best.